following podcast is recorded and produced by the Podcast Precinct in affiliation with the network at BICBP-radio.com. The Podcast Precinct. Consistency. Creativity. Culture. I'm so glad I wasn't taking a drink, you fucking asshole. <laughs> I almost, I would have literally have spit this fucking milkshake vodka creamy concoction everywhere. Oh, yeah, this $700 vodka that you got yeah. in there, your $45 milk. Oh, that was close. I'm drinking warm Coors out of an empty peanut butter jar that I found under a bridge. Oh, boy. Damn, that's scary. Well, I think the biggest atrocity is that they did not include Butterball. Go on. Butterball is the coolest fucking Cenobite ever. Not just in Cenobite terms, but Butterball is like the coolest dude ever. Like, you're at a party, you're having a good time, it's okay, like, there's a cool mix CD playing, you know, you're macking on a girl and stuff, and it's like, dude, this could be better. And then who fucking walks in with two fucking 12 packs of Coors Original in their hands? Well, probably Butterball. Fucking Butterball, dude. Yeah, yeah, Dude, everyone fucking loves Butterball, man. Butterball shows up, makes everything fucking better. He's the guy that everybody wants at their party, I would think. You take Vanilla Ice in that scene in To the Extreme where he walks into the bar and it's like needle off the record and the guy turns in slow motion, drops a glass out of his hand and it fucking shatters. Mm-hmm. That's the reaction Butterball gets. Big Dick Butterball, baby. It is a cinematic masterpiece. And if I had my way, I absolutely would have swapped Vanilla Ice, Rob Van Winkle, for those in the know, with Butterball. Absolutely, dude. You take Butterball and you replace all the big time actors, right? Kickboxer, Jean-Claude Van Damme, fuck that shit. Butterball should have got that role. Maybe uh, put him in place of Steven Seagal in something along the lines of, uh, let's say, Hard to Kill. Butterball all day, baby. Dude, you take Tom Hanks and you take that fucking piece of shit hack out of every movie he's been in and replace him with Butterball. You've got the greatest motion pictures of all time. Mama said life is like a box of butter. Balls. Balls. Take it to the zoo. He is easily the best Cenobite. He's he's always been my favorite of the original big four with his little glasses and his fucking seven chins. He's a big, greasy dynamo. One time Butterball punched me in the face, and it was the greatest day of my life. You invite him to your party, and none of your muffins are going to go unglistened. Dude, back when I was married, I came home and caught my wife in bed with Butterball. Of course. Of course. I didn't even give a fuck. You never had to wonder what to put on your fucking popcorn. Oh! Oh! I remember this one time my cat got stuck in a tree. Who was there to save him but Butterball? One time my illegitimate son was struggling in the pool. And who was there to throw him a life preserver? But Butterball! Butterball! Dude, this one time I went into cardiac arrest from doing way too much blow in the bathroom at a club in New York City. Who was there to administer CPR? Butterball! I once had a flat tire from running over too many landbound mammals. And who was there to help me replace it? Not the New York State Highway Authority, but Butterball! 
dude, this one time in the eighth grade, I was doing this essay in social studies class from Mr. Stevenson, and I was really struggling. Who showed up with a Capri Sun for me and a pat on the back and finished my essay? Butterball! One time I was in a tug-of-war competition with several of my closest friends, and we needed a big chubby guy to hold on to that anchor position. You know what I'm talking about? Oh, yeah, man. Originally, our thought was, you know, maybe we'll give that to Todd because he's the fattest and longest. But no, it was Butterball! Yeah! Hey! Butterball! Butterball! What a fucking gem. What a badass. But yeah, dude, the new Hellraiser movie did not include Butterball, nope. and that is an absolute sin. A crime. It did have the Chatterer in it, though, so that was, uh, you know, that was a welcome addition. Oh, good. The Daniel Day-Lewis of all the Cenobites. Yay! Well, that's kind of debatable. I would probably say that that's uh, Butterball. No. Butterball! 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 Ladies and gentlemen, we are... That's scary! My name is Micah. I am coming out of... Reno, Nevada. And I'm coming all over your tits. Over there in Buffalo, New York, is the mustachioed godsend himself. Hi. Greg, Greg, say hi to everybody. I can only aspire to be as cool as Butterball. Yep. However, now the time has come for you to get up. The rest had you fed up, but yo, I won't let them. Come on, come on. Feel it, feel it. You know, man, that is one of my go-to karaoke songs because I am whiter than rice, baby. Greg, how you been? Buttery, ball-shaped. Beautiful. Butterball. Yeah. You know what isn't buttery, ball-shaped, and beautiful? The new Hellraiser. Oh, no. It was terrible. This is a movie that Greg and I have been stoked about for fucking months, especially when we found out David Bruckner was behind it. My God, yes. Yeah. Now, uh, here at DTS, uh, David Bruckner does have our stamp of approval. <laughs> clap, clap. Aha, there it is. Hey. Yep, there it is. Yeah, but uh, David Bruckner kind of let us down with this one, didn't he, Greg? Craig, I'll never get excited about another thing in my life. Uh, yeah, God is dead. Yay! Love yeah. is dead. I don't think I'll ever be happy again. Obviously, the biggest gripe that we have with this film is that it did not feature Butterball. Oh, now, man, as it Greg, sucks. yeah, it's a, you can never have a good Hellraiser movie without Butterball. Continue. No, you you fucking can't, dude. Butterball is, is is like, you know, in an alternate reality, there is a Hellraiser numbered one through eleven or whatever, whatever they're at now, where instead of Pinhead, Butterball is the main character. And I got to tell you, if there is any reason for you fucking nerds out there. To invent interdimensional travel, I think that's it. Nerd! Get me one of those yes. Rick and Morty fucking portal guns so I can go to the fucking zone where Butterball is the star of every Hellraiser movie because this last one was goddamn terrible and I don't want to see another fucking sequel ever again until Butterball is the main star. Okay. Now, I actually enjoyed the cold opener. The cold opener uh, involves a party at a mansion somewhere in Massachusetts at some richy rich fuckface's house, yeah. and he gets a, a, a younger guy to come and solve the, the <laughs> La Machante. 
configuration. And uh, he gets completely fucking bored with the chains come out, the hooks. Oh, oh, the Hellraiser. I'm like, okay, cool. I got the Hellraiser fill right away. I really like that. Now, there is a gag throughout the movie where the box isn't just a box. It keeps changing shapes every time you solve it. And I dug that quite a bit. And also, its effect on the world at large. Absolutely. Everything else about it I fucking hated. But yeah, the box is cool. So I guess what we're getting at this cold opener is that we have our Uncle Frank. And the Uncle Frank is a very rich... I I don't even know what the fuck he is. Is he a senator? I don't know. He's he's a debutante. Yeah, he's a Jeff Bezos. Uh, he's a regular old Epstein. He's a he's a Tesla guy. He's a he's a uh, Musk. He's a real Steve Z suit. Call me Steve Z. It sounds better. He offers this young man, and he gets uh, an audience with Leviathan, and that we jump sh- we jump six years into the future to a uh, a, a no tit fuck scene, which, if you ask me, is the worst kind of fuck scene. And then we're introduced to our characters. Which, uh, my God, I have no hope for future horror movies because I do not like Gen Z in horror flicks. Oh, I just can't relate to the youth. I don't know what they're talking about. The dialogue in this movie was absolutely terrible. It was a bunch of kids, find the fucking box, solve it, some really shitty Cenobites come out, with the exception of Pinhead. Would you like to talk about Pinhead? Pinhead was great. Pinhead was Uh, great. The The voice was great. Makeup was great. Jamie Clayton's acting was great. Absolutely polarizing. Loved her. Jamie Clayton was Jamie Clayton was honestly like the only good thing about this movie. I don't know if I'd say polarizing. I think she was universally beloved. Yeah, that's what I meant. I use the term polarizing to make myself sound smart, but I use it in the in, in, in out of context. Of course, yeah. By polarizing, you meant the exact opposite of what that was. <laughs> uh, it made no fucking sense because it's this really rich guy. He ends up getting, uh, and this is spoilers, but chances are you've seen it by now. The The super rich guy solved the six different levels of the puzzle box, and he was offered a gift. And the gift was pleasure, which apparently means he has a big, giant fucking Resident Evil key shoved through his chest and out of his back but somehow still managed to tailor suits around it. Turns out the concept of pleasure is open to interpretation. Fuck! Yeah, and I thought it would be more genital-based, but instead it was tugging and pulling all the nerve endings in his body. He was penetrated. He was manipulated. Yeah. So, uh, you know, in keeping with the Hellraiser mythos, there was plenty of sexual overtone to it. Oh, absolutely there was. So I know we all love that. We all enjoy that vibe. I was I was I was game for that. Yeah, that was cool. If only they would have made the new Cenobites as cool as the old ones. Oh, they weren't leathery enough for you. Well, if leathery is another way of saying fat, <laughs> then you're full correct. of butter. Full of butter, baby. I can't believe it's not butter. I can't believe it's not. Where's my fucking butter pig? <laughs> All I saw was one that kind of looked like a fucking uh, Silent Hill enemy. Yeah, that kind of sucked. Uh, what's the other one that had, like, multiple limbs? Uh, oh, the octopi. Split bones or whatever. Yeah, that was weird. Yeah, You know what? They were all just kind of dumb. They, dude, the Cenobites, they looked cool if it wasn't Hellraiser. 
Right. They didn't seem to fit. And you know, a big problem with it, and I know this was done intentionally because they, oh, wanted, no to Ball. they wanted to update it. They wanted it to be more contemporary. They wanted it to fit with like the modern style of horror movies and, and uh, just the, the aesthetic that we're more into now, as opposed to back in the eighties and nineties when the other ones were made. So yeah. they got rid of all the leather, no leather. That's a big problem for me. It was a lot of flesh. Yeah. If you're a young male and you're, you're on, you got a girl over your place and you're trying to, to fucking jam her clam. Jam her clam. You got to put on Hellraiser because the moment she sees Butterball, she is going to be wetter than the Mississippi River. I tell you what, because every fucking girl wants Butterball. Really? He does all the work for you. Literally all the work for you. This has been a trick of mine uh, for years. Yeah. You turn off the light. You sit on the couch. You don't even have to be next to each other. You can be sitting at complete opposite ends of that couch. Yeah. I mean, unless it's a love seat, that changes everything. And if it's leather, she's going to leave that snail trail behind. As soon as Butterball squeegees his way onto screen, <laughs> his fat fucking dome and his tiny little glasses, she's going to be on top of you, my friend. Oh, yeah. Take no from, no doubt about from it. From a couple of pros over here at DTS. Really know how to make it happen. Oh, I can, oh, okay. And that's with Butterball. Goddamn right. 100%. Uh, Butterball has always been my greatest wingman. Greatest wingman ever. And I've always considered him a one-way ticket to Pound Town. Hey, everybody, we're all going to get late. <laughs> Butterball is always there for you. He will never cock block you. He always fucking gets you over because he knows that if you're going home with one woman, Butterball is going home with four. The hard part is maintaining focus while that motherfucker is staring at you from the screen. <laughs> Lick at his lips. He'll get you started, but the finish is the tough part. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm going to have to rethink some shit. Back on David Bruckner's Hellraiser. One of my gripes about the movie is it felt like I was watching a slasher. Mm -hmm. You had a group of uh, young people, Gen Z's, trying to solve this mystery of the box. Much like and, myself and Butterball. But it, it literally felt like a slasher where they were all kind of like taken out one at a time kind of thing. Yeah. And the Cenobites were uh, the Cenobites were more slasher-esque. Yeah. And not and not these demon angels from a from a sex fuck pleasure well, you, dimension. You know what was really terrible for me was when they you know again spoilers everybody spoilers turn the shit off right okay I don't care when they realized that they could actually sacrifice the Cenobites themselves that did not sit well with me. Guess what happens when you do that? It makes them not scary or intimidating in any way. What Greg is talking about is that the uh, the hell box, when you solve the puzzle, which, by the way, dude, I, I feel like the this this box was a lot easier to solve uh, because apparently anyone could fucking do it. You never had a situation where they get the box and it's like a Rubik's Cube and you're like, I can't fucking figure this out and like set it down. It seems really fucking easy to solve. Well, that and was then... another issue was the character is opening the box in the previous films. Well, the important ones, the good ones anyway. A prerequisite to opening the puzzle box was the desire to want to open the puzzle box, right? Yes. You can't do it accidentally. You have to want it. There's a lot of like, oops, what have I done? 
Yeah. Oh, oh shit. There's demons here now and they're fucking slowly chattering towards me, but I'm not scared because I can just stab them into oblivion. You know what? Yeah. Fuck this movie. I'm sick of fucking talking about this movie. Don't see it. Fucking six thumbs down. No bears. <laughs> no bears allowed. There's no bears in it. <laughs> Fuck this movie. There's no see no bears. <laughs> All right. We're done talking about fucking Hellraiser. Fuck that shit. All right. What I was going to say was that the, the, the actually shot a knife out really quick and it was a surprise it cut you. Yeah, that was And fun. that's what the. Okay. All right. DTS official review. It was better than the last four, but worse than most of them. Fuck it. Fair enough. Seal of approval. Boom, boom, boom. See it. Or don't. Excellent. Speaking of uh, of uh, very upsetting motion pictures, mm. I think what's more upsetting because Hellraiser did have very good visuals, the acting wasn't bad. But I'll tell you what. Yes, you know we we probably just shouldn't talk about Halloween then. Like fuck that movie. Let's let's not do it this episode. Uh, we should probably talk about it though. No, we should. No, it's it's not worth it. It's fucking terrible. Oh. Fuck it. No, we're not doing it. We're not talking about Halloween okay, ends. Okay, okay, okay. Worst uh, movie of the year. Nobody should see it. Fuck Halloween ends. Fuck you, Mike Myers. Jamie Lee Curtis, you're okay. We're not doing this movie. We're not going to review it. All right. So anyways, 2022, we were gifted Halloween ends by David Gordon Green and hey! three other writers. And I can't wait to talk about it. That's right. Now, this movie may be one of the best motion pictures of the year. Uh, you got yourself the return of Michael Myers, hey. Jamie Lee Curtis, oh. Jamie Lee Curtis, granddaughter that I cannot remember her name for the life of me. Ooh. You got the sheriff with the with the Rob Zombie list. Mm. He's back in it. And then you got yourself a brand new character by the name of Corey, uh, uh, Corey, uh, uh, Corey Haim is back in this movie because if there's one thing you want to do is after 40 fucking years for the very last entry of Halloween, probably the greatest horror franchise of all time yep. is to introduce a brand new fucking character. Yeah. Why not replace your main villain for the finale? That's a fucking smart move if you yeah and more importantly let's replace our main villain with an absolute fucking bitch yeah he was kind of a dipshit this movie absolutely sucked Sucked. i cannot fucking believe the direction that they took in this you got yourself a cold opener that like (sighs) the way it started off i had kind of high hopes for the because a kid got killed a little kid got killed and i gotta say if there's one thing that gives me just a little glimmer of joy is when a child falls several stories. It was like maybe three up. Yeah. Which of course means three down. And that skull is not going to remain in one piece. And if that doesn't make you laugh. <laughs> then you don't, don't have a soul. That. Are you totally deranged? Now this is, that is exactly what could have happened to Macaulay Culkin in Home Alone. Would have been a real quick ending on that one. Although it would have made it much easier for Joseph Pesci to nibble off his fingers at the very end. Which is what you wanted to do to me when I said, Greg, you have to watch this movie. My favorite part of that film. Everybody's favorite part of that film. Yeah. Now we're going to talk about the script a little bit more. It is fucking dog shit from the very beginning. That cold opener accepted. But (sighs) as soon as we start looking at this, this guy, this child murderer, possibly... You know, accidental, let's call it... Uh, we'll call it accidental. Uh, third-degree murder, you know, manslaughter. Sure. I think that's the legal term. Uh, 
not exactly a lawyer, but uh, who mean. is nowadays? Get those degrees online. What are you, my dad? This character is kind of a bitch. He's getting Absolutely. picked on by high school kids. I mean, they're like band kids. They're not even the football team. I don't know if times have changed and maybe you and I are just left in the dark to culture. Well, but I didn't know the band. I, I, I did not know that band geeks were bullies now. And also one of them, I, I think his name was Billy or something. He sure. had a straight up. He Somehow he had a bowl cut and a mullet at the same time. Oh, Billy. <laughs> and he looked like he was 12 years old. This kid he, is not a bully. How you cannot be bullied by this man. He never did man, a push not even, up not in man, his life. This, this boy. This boy. But somehow, these children take our main character, who's like what, twenty three? Yeah, yeah. He's, he's like twenty two years old. Yeah, he's he was, a full grown adult. I think they mentioned somewhere that he was in college for um, like engineering or something before he killed a child, which is awesome. Sure. Uh, these high school kids bully the shit out of him. They break glass on his hand. They throw him off a bridge. Which also admittedly amazing. Like yeah, anybody exactly. out there uh, has ever been considering throwing another human being off a bridge, fully encourage it. It it totally only leads do to it. great things in both your and their future. Butterball will um, do it. But I have to say, I'm a little confused with the heel turn. Okay, so now what what Greg's getting at is is that Halloween ends actually doesn't follow Michael Myers. It follows a young man who mm-hmm. accidentally committed murder, yep. who falls in love with Jamie Lee Curtis's granddaughter sure. uh, and uh, is getting bullied ferociously by these band geeks. Yeah. This these, is... These band p- I thought this movie was going to take place right after the last one, after he murdered Jamie Lee Curtis's daughter nope. in, uh, in, in Michael Myers' sister's bedroom staring out the window. Mm-hmm. Now, keep that in mind, okay? That was a very big plot in Halloween Kills. Michael Myers' sister's room, staring out that fucking window. That's all he wanted to do. And the only way to get there was to murder the entire fucking town, right? Evil! Evil! So 2018 Halloween, it came in hot, it came in strong. Honestly, I would have been so fucking happy if that was it. Bingo, bango, whammo, flammo. <laughs> That would have been a great way to end the series. And then we get Kills, which of course was a mess. But Halloween Kills looks like fucking Citizen Kane compared to Halloween Ends. Everything that they were building up to, Michael Myers being supernatural, his sister's room is gone in the first couple minutes of the movie. Jamie Lee Curtis does a voiceover where apparently she's working on a fucking novel. I'm I'm just going to put it out there on record. I'm not sure how everybody really feels about this performance, but it is my opinion that Ms. Curtis phoned it in. Because she didn't like it. You know she didn't like it. She hey, went, she... We have that in common. Now, you were the one that said Jamie Lee Curtis warned us, right? Well, yeah. In, uh, in all of her quote-unquote promotional interviews, she was really talking this up like it was a big piece of shit. She totally was. I'm pretty sure she said it ends badly. In so yeah. many words. And she also mentioned that this was not so much a slasher film or an entertaining horror film as it was a commentary on mental health, which I know that's what I always want out of a out of a Halloween film. Don't be scared. I've got chocolate <laughs> for monstrous chocolate flavor. <laughs> Chocula. Oh, God damn it. We're really getting into spoilers here, so fuck off if you don't want to hear this. 
Again, I'm going to keep saying that like every two minutes. You've already seen it. But I was actually convinced, at least up until the end, and I'm not totally sure this is even an incorrect theory, but was Michael Myers just a phantom in this one? Was he just a figment of this uh, young man's imagination? Oh, was, dude. Was he I a representation don't... of his killer instinct? Because that's kind of what I got until the very end, which I'm yeah. still, I'm skipping everything. I don't care about the meat okay, of the film. Sure. Like, it Fine. doesn't matter. We're going right to the end. Fine. When... 65-year-old Laurie Strode. 75. 85. 69. 69. Okay. 69, dudes! Literally, physically, wrestles the supernatural murderous being that is Michael Myers. Yeah. Defeats him in one-on-one physical combat for what is supposed to be the finale of this Halloween trilogy. You could extrapolate that to mean the finale of the entire Halloween series up to this point. And she wins. Couldn't she have booby trapped him like the way she did in 2018? Or give her like a hammer or something. Give her some advantage. There's no fucking way. No fucking way. That this old woman dominated him in a like a arm wrestling match. Dude, she went full on John Wick. And like wrestled him down, stabbed him in the hands, dropped a refrigerator on him, took the time to monologue, dropped a refrigerator on him, drained him of his fucking blood, dropped a refrigerator on him. Which admittedly is a cool thing to do. I mean, that's fine, but not to to our horror icon Michael Myers, dude. This ending, this finale, was so unbelievable that I kicked my cat into the TV screen and he bounced through the window, which was closed. The glass is broken. I have to replace that. And now my cat's gone. I haven't seen him in two days. I got to apologize to A, Doug, and Yahira of uh, the Slashers podcast. The maniac loves you. Because I flipped the coffee table. I big booted Aid in her... And then I, I super kicked Yahira, dropped a refrigerator on him. Their dog, Mr. Porkins, dropped a refrigerator on him. And I and they all were fine with it because the movie was just so goddamn terrible. You think there's going to be some resurrection because they like to do that? There's going to be some H2O Yeah, happening. of course. Some, some twist. No, they just crowd surf him like he's my dead fucking grandma's corpse. And Travis Scott cuts. Go back to episode 50. Across the entire town, down Main Street, on the shoulders of every citizen of Haddonfield, until he ends up in a fucking trash grinder. <laughs> and he's just done. He's just... Fuck that. No, no, okay. No, 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 Greg, we gotta rewind a little bit and talk about the fact of how much they disrespected this horror icon. I disrespected they, this horror icon. Fuck this horror icon. This dude, is a terrible they, movie. They this treated, is a terrible trilogy. Two thirds of this trilogy. Fuck you. Were no, goddammit. They treated Michael Myers like it was Christmas vacation and he was a goddamn tree strapped to a shitty car. They treated him like old furniture. They treated him like capping equipment. It's like, hey, get the Michael Myers. We're going camping. And they strapped him to a hood of this car. Like a common Batista that was on its last legs. A regular old Batista. Take it to the scrapyard. The compactor. We're going to get a new Dave. And a not modern just Dave. That. A digital <laughs> Dave. An electric Dave. Quick, honey, plug in the Dave. It's low on juice. 
He's terrible with the mileage, but he's good for the environment. Charge him up. Also, the town of Haddonfield is very confusing. Is it a nice town? Is it full of bumfuck redneck backwoods hillbillies? I don't even fucking know anymore. My uh, biggest question is where the fuck is Anthony Michael Hall? Oh, he's dead. Oh. Yeah, Michael killed him at the end of the movie. They didn't mention him at all in this one. And also the other thing, had like a little memorial to him or something. Yeah, yeah sure. Why not? But that uh, Lindsay, the other kid that Jamie was babysitting, uh, she's in the movie. She's the bartender. Oh, yeah. And, you know, when um, Lori at the end, she just says, oh, I'm so glad that this has all come to an end. And come. this whole <laughs> this whole <laughs> chapter is over and nobody else is ever going to be affected by Michael Myers ever again. There is like victims and families of victims. There were like there were four teenagers that died in this one. There was a doctor. There was a doctor's assistant. There are all kinds of people who uh, will have like a butterfly effect of like murderous mental health problems coming from this. Laurie Strode knows that better than anyone. Yeah. But at the end of this movie, she just goes, "Yep, no." Turns out it's all wrapped up in a nice little package yeah and guess what we get to talk about cherry blossoms now jesus christ Hail Satan! oh my fucking god i absolutely hated the fact that michael byers who will fucking kill you if he sees you if you see michael byers you're dead you are so fucking dead but he had like a buddy cop drama yes, with this are, fucking kid there are two options here yeah one is the one that i mentioned earlier which probably isn't totally true but that's just the way i want to go with it is that he's in the kid's mind the second option is that they just instantly became best friends like it's fucking stepbrothers they met in the sewer they fucking embraced each other and said we're gonna do all kinds of projects together as long as those projects involve knives and fucking throats and we're gonna kill everybody that you don't like and then they just teamed up through the whole fucking movie. And I think you sent me one of the best memes I've seen about this film, which was <laughs> fucking the motorcycle with the two of them on it. Anyone who's seen the movie knows there are way too many fucking motorcycle scenes between, what's his name, fucking Leslie? Corey. Corey and his girlfriend, uh, Carl. Yeah, yeah, uh, uh, Carl Strode. Yeah, little Carl Strode. They ride around on a motorcycle quite a bit, but she's completely inconsequential to the overall plot. It should have been Michael on the back, little fucking uh, Julie, little Debbie, fucking yeah, Marla, Marla, Marla Strode, Mulva, yeah, like a good Mulva, yeah, a little Mulva Strode. Um, it should have been the two of them riding around on a motorcycle, maybe doing some wheelies, maybe going off some fucking ramps, doing a little excite bike kind of stuff. I, yeah, the generation, you know, those of us, oh, uh, dude, fuck out yeah. here who are in yeah. our, our late thirties would have enjoyed that. But it I turns out this movie fight. was made for nobody. There is no possible way anyone could enjoy this shit. This movie was made for Gen Z, Greg. Fuck it. I, oh, God. Oh, God. I, oh, yeah. Oh, God. So with that said, my friend, uh, my fucking blood pressure. Halloween ends. I, oh, what? What rating would you give Halloween ends? This is the first time I'm ever going to do this. Zero. That can't be real. That's not even a. That's not even a number. This gets fucking zero. I see the intensity in your gaze. How the fuck? How the fuck does Michael Myers get shot, stabbed, poked, prodded, beat down with a fucking baseball bat, beat with a fucking iron, shot again, survives, kills a whole 
fucking town and then gets a fucking spine buster from fuck fucking Mikey Corey who gives a shit and gets his mask taken from him. Yeah. Fuck this movie. Fuck the four writers involved in this movie. It took fuck four you, people Green. to make this happen? Dude, four fucking writers wrote this goddamn movie. Minor gripe here, but also Mike Myers looked kind of small through the whole thing, I gotta say. You know, the guy that plays him is actually a pretty big dude. Yeah, well, they didn't shoot it that way. He looked no. little. And especially at the end when uh, he was engaging in fisticuffs with Jamie Lee Curtis. I hated the fact that she went full UFC and, like, fucking, like, gave him a rear naked choke and a suplex and shit. Drop the refrigerator on him. Well, because they just have to wonder, why didn't you do that, you know, 10 movies ago? If that was an option. Yeah. <laughs> if it's anyone like, could have just done that, why didn't he, why didn't it just She's literally that? always been like, hey, I'm going to trap him. Yeah. And this time she's like, you know what? I'm going to stand toe-to-toe, tit-to-tit, dick-to-dick face-to-face, and I'm going to fucking fight him like a goddamn Activia-eating badass bitch that I am. She hit him with, like, a frying pan or something, but she also, herself, took some pretty serious blows to the skull while they were doing that. I think he Michael Myers grabbed grabbed her by the fucking wrist and tried shoving it down the trash comp, uh, uh, the garbage disposal in the sink, but she fought it off, and earlier in the movie, Michael Myers straight-up chokeslams a bitch against the wall. Like the way he did Bob in the original Halloween. Uh How the fuck is superhuman supernatural strength not going to be able to shove down grandma's hand in a fucking... Greg, I need my medication. very upset all right well i think uh we can all just celebrate the fact that mike myers is finally dead i think we've all been waiting for that we all wanted to see that um i'm very thankful that we're not going to see another halloween movie ever this was the the stunning conclusion he is definitively dead gone forever the halloween franchise is over mike myers go go fuck fuck yourself fuck you jason blum for giving this movie money and fuck you, Jamie Lee Curtis, for telling me that it was bad in the first... Well, wait a minute. You, you, <laughs> she you warned like, us! Yeah, heads up. She warned <laughs> she, us! She did. Uh, you know what? Thank you, Jamie Lee. Thank I've you, Jamie. I've always loved you, and I've always loved the way your breasts look. Even now. Even, even, great. even, in this even one, now. Yeah, yeah dude. You know what? You go back it. to true... I used to jerk off to that scene in True Lies when she was dancing for Arnold. And I will jerk off to her now. Hey, I love what? Jamie Lee. Let me, uh, I don't know if I, I have this kind of authority, but I'm going to raise your score from a zero to a one just because Jamie Lee Curtis's bosoms were in this movie. <laughs> a regular old Barbara Crampton she is. Yep, we'll give it a one out of five. Cumulative. <laughs> Cumulative. Come. Come. Yeah, Come. Okay. You Come. get it. You get what we're talking about. Okay. Come. So, so anyway, a, uh, enough of that, that shit. Yeah. See. Fuck, hey, hey. Shut the fuck. Up. So anyway, with that out of our fucking systems. Woo. Let me ask you a quick question. Okay. Did you watch anything new this week? No. Scumbag, fuckface, dickhead, asshole. But I did watch a couple trailers. No! Oh. Bet you didn't expect that, bitches. It's opposite day here at the deli. Yeah, it's like a fucking Jim Carrey movie here at DTS. 
Yeah, Greg, I watched the trailer for the new Terror Train remake, which is set to come out on Tubi, for Tubi, by Tubi. Well, speaking of Jamie Lee Curtis... And her uh, awesome tits. Absolutely. Is she going to be in this? Probably not. Fuck. Yeah. Well, you know what? They probably could have just called this one Terrifier Train because it's a clown slasher on a unidirectional track-based multi-car conveyance. Yep. And there was an axe shown in one of the scenes. So let's say it's like The Shining 2. Hey, why not? Hey, why the fuck not? Uh, But I tell you what, the trailer looks... uh, Oh, oh boy. Looks bad. It looks, this looks really bad. I was actually kind of excited when I heard they were making a terror trailer remake. I thought it would be fun. It's, de- it's definitely playing homage to the original with the fact that they are on a train. Yeah, the original the fact, uh, terror trailer. It's a classic. 1980. It pays homage to terror train. Uh, trailer. Fuck you, you piece of shit. <laughs> God damn it. I got really drunk out of nowhere, dude. Did you? Oh, fuck. I'm, like, really drunk right now. Mm-hmm. I'm going to try to get myself together and be a professional. All right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so the trailer for Terror Train looks absolutely terrible. Uh-huh. They replaced the Groucho the Groucho Marx mask with a fucking... The clown. A goddamn clown. Yeah. Another fucking clown. Why did it have to be a fucking clown, Greg? Probably because it just came out. That would be my guess. Or Terrifier. A lot of money and clowns here in 2022. It's uh, it's it's kind of killjoy looking for me. It's like my father always said, you beat a clown like a pinata and coins will pop out his ass. Woo, woo, woo. <laughs> <laughs> my dad was a big fan of Super Mario. He's also <laughs> in prison. I'll tell you what, though. Other than the fact that there's a mask that's a clown... Uh, there's a there's a yep. train. There is. There's a lot of killings, mm-hmm. and they have a magician on the train. Which I mean, if you can combine two of my favorite things like that, I'm definitely going to see this movie. Well, I said three things. Oh, I heard magicians and trains, and that's kind of all I needed. What was the third one? Uh, clown mask. Oh, fuck that! No, I don't want to see this movie anymore. This mask looks like one of the clowns that's on stage at an ICP show yeah. spraying Fago in the crowd. No, well they're you. playing down with the clown. This is for Juggalos and Juggalettes. Terror Train remake is a film by Juggalos for Juggalos. <gasps> so fuck it. <gasps> All right, Greg. Well, other than that, next on the list we have a series by uh, Big Black. <laughs> Big black cock, you say? We have a series from uh, uh, the UK, my friend, that's on the BBC network that might be being picked up by Netflix, and hopefully it is picked up by Netflix. If you have the capabilities to torrent or stream this shit, I highly recommend it because, my fucking God, I watched a clip of this show, and it looks great. I'm talking about Wreck. Well, you had me at BBC. Absolutely. Wreck is a slasher that takes place on a cruise, Greg. Well, they should have saved time by calling this one Terror Ship because (laughs) it's a masked slasher (laughs) on a water-bound multi-cabin luxury recreational vessel. (laughs) Wreck is, is, of course, as we said, it is taking place on a cruise. and The killer 
is dressed in an absolute adorable Howard the Duck cosplay costume. Yes, sir. And also, it is probably a DuckTales crossover based on the presence of three sexy duck character masks. Now, you watched the 30-second TV spot. I actually watched the three-minute trailer slash clip of the show. And somehow there was still enough time for me to ejaculate. Continue. I love the fact that the slasher is an adorable, fun-loving, like, uh, Banana Splits, Willy's Wonderland duck. Well, he's a Huey. Might be a Dewey. He might be a Lewis. Possibly a Louie. He might be the news. Might be a big old Scrooge. Ari, yeah, I gotta, <laughs> I'm gonna get me money on my eye. Is that what he says? Is that what Scrooge says? No. I'm Scrooge McDuck. Go fuck yourself. Is that what I, he says? I think you're just doing your Sean Connery with a slight duck twin. Ah, oh, yeah. Come here. Come here, Queenie. I'm gonna fuck you. That was not an invitation to continue. Oh. Oh, yes. I knew she was a Nazi. She had talked in her sleep. I knew she was a Nazi because she had horrible gas. (laughs) (laughs) I knew she was a Nazi because she did the methamphetamines. I knew she was a Nazi when she annexed the Sudetenland. I knew she was a Nazi because she called Winston Churchill a f***. I knew she was a Nazi because she helped found Disneyland. I knew she was a Nazi because she hated the G. No, 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 no. All right, my man. Well, with that out of the fucking way, how about we talk about a little bit of news? Well, I think you and I discussed about this earlier when we were uh, not recording the episode. We were talking about how much we love Dead Space and the fact that there is going to be a Dead Space reboot. That is fucking fantastic. But what I want to talk about right now is the fact that John Carpenter himself, my favorite director, has expressed interest in the fact that he wants to do a Dead Space movie. And uh, he was interviewed by the AV Club where they asked him if he has anything in the future to direct. And he said the only one I could think of, and I've mentioned it before, is Dead Space. That would make a real great movie. I could totally do that. And honestly, he totally could. John Carpenter could make a Dead Space movie, make it amazing. I mean, like, obviously you would probably get fucking Kurt Russell in that movie. That would be awesome, right? Maybe James Woods? Either one could play the lead. Dude, they should both play the leads. Kurt Russell could be the good guy. James Woods be the bad guy. Bingo, bingo. Banana sandwich. It didn't take off, but if you start doing it and it takes off, I will fucking kill you in your sleep. <laughs> I'm taking it now. You can't! <laughs> I am commandeering banana sandwich. That's mine no. now. No! You couldn't make it work. Watch me fucking fly. Watch me soar where you floundered in the ocean. I didn't flounder, you dick. Well, I'm pretty sure this Dead Space remake, movie, whatever the fuck we're talking about, is going to be a complete, beautiful masterpiece of a banana sandwich. You know what? I take that back. That felt dirty. I didn't like the way those words came out of my mouth. I never too late now. say that phrase again. It's on. Nope. Um, nope. Eh. 
Mm-mm. It was gross. Mm-hmm. Gross. It's a yeah. good catchphrase, Greg. The Wicker Man is getting a reboot in a series, and also Fear is getting a reboot in the series. Wicker Man for the third time? Yes, the third time, but it'll be a full-on fucking series, dude. Okay. Starring? Who cares? If it's not Nicolas Cage in a bear suit, then I don't fucking care. It will not be Nicolas Cage in a bear suit. They're going to get some fucking young piece of shit. Probably someone Gen Z. Probably someone from the new Hellraiser movie. Hell, it may even be Corey Haim from the new Halloween movie. I would love that. I'm sure you would because you're a big old piece of shit. But also, we got fear coming out. In series form, my friend. The Marky Mark classic fear? Is that what you're talking about? Yes, the Marky Mark classic fear. Come on, come on. God damn it. I am of the opinion that that movie itself was already about an hour too long. So how the fuck are they going to make a series out of it? Well, Marky Mark will return as uh, the, the crazy stocky boyfriend. You'll get yourself weath with the spoon. Cause I, I can't say I, I can't say Weiss. I, I say Weiss. Weiss. Weiss with the spoon. Does Marky Mark have like a, a nephew or a, a, some younger relative that's gonna play this? Or is it just yes? They're Gen Z as well. Oh, okay. Yep. What's his name? Mark Wahlberg. The third. The 69th. <laughs> All right, play the <laughs> This fear remake is gonna be a. Big old piece of shit. I hope nobody is anticipating this. I don't know if anybody asked for this. Why the fuck is it even happening? Why? I suggest that we stop talking about it right now. Okay, my man. I'm done with all this. As a matter of fact, I can't bear to deal with this anymore. Well, that was certainly suggestive. I'm, I don't exactly know what you're getting at, but I know you're getting at something. So, uh, I, I can't bear to deal bear, with this anymore. Like, like bear, like, uh, like October, 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 Oh, that felt so good. It's been such a oh, long time my... since we've chanted on this show. God, that was so fucking good. I'm so rock hard right now. You know, why did we ever October. stop chanting on DTS? Oh, because of all the demons we summoned by accident. And as awesome as that was, my friend, I think it's probably about time that we... Apologize. Yeah, this again. Yep. All right, Matt, tickle the ivory. Oof. So good at that. He's always on cue. Um, well, I certainly feel the need to apologize to a one Adrian Balboa. Okay. Adrian Balboa, I feel like I was a little too harsh on you last week. Yeah, you are the Daniel Day-Lewis of the Rocky series. Mm-hmm. The Daniel Day-Lewis of the Godfather series. Yep. And more importantly, the Daniel Day-Lewis of Prophecy, which was our episode that we covered last week. Possibly our greatest episode. Make sure she's using safety scissors, Rock. Well, apologizing here, Greg. I'm sorry. You're not the worst actress I've ever seen. 
You're not really that bad. I feel like I was a little too harsh on you. You were married to Rocky. Yes, Greg. Give her the shoes with the Velcro, Rock. Greg, I'm apologizing. I'm sorry. Okay. I don't really think you're that bad. I was really harsh on you. I did it all for the sake of comedy. You're fine. You're okay. You were married to the Rock. Uh, yeah, yes, Greg. Only one scoop of ice cream on the cone, Rock. Greg, Greg, it's an apology. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Okay, okay. Uh, so, Adrian Balboa, I sincerely apologize. And uh, I, I, I'm sorry. Whew. Man, do I feel better. Yeah, I feel like that was heartfelt. Yep. Sincere. Yep. Well done. Yep. All right, my turn. Yes, it is, buddy. All right, well, my apology this week is to Mr. Marky Mark Wahlberg. Come on, come on! And by extension, the entire Funky Bunch. For my use of your music and or lyrics for the sake of comedy in our last episode. I think by now we all understand that as we continue to record this show, it becomes increasingly apparent that our favorite celebrities are dropping like proverbial flies oh they are gilbert godfried meatloaf our recently dearly departed coolio the list goes on on and on mr mark i apologize for dooming you to possible heart failure in the coming months and i deeply regret mentioning your name last show earlier in this show and repeatedly just now in this very apology oof if you can find it in your heart to forgive me, rather than flying out to Western New York to beat my ass like the unhinged monster we all know lies just barely below the surface of your soft-spoken yet somehow off-putting facade, I would very much appreciate it. Thank you. And sorry you won't be seeing 2023. <laughs> Maybe. Allegedly. Okay. The end. You know who'll be there for him with the defibrillators? Butterball. Oh, he's such a good guy. Dude, Butterball will be right there for you, Marky Mark. Butterball would give you mouth-to-mouth resuscitation if you really needed it. If you needed it. Even if you didn't need it, take it. It's kind of <laughs> too bad that Butterball didn't live in the royal palace, because otherwise we'd be uh, up one queen right about now. <laughs> <laughs> God, Butterball could do no wrong. He's just the best. Well, okay, Greg, now that we got our apologies set aside and after you and I were a couple regular old Carlos Mencia's last week, I think it's time for us to get into the movie of the week, my friend. Yeah, that's right. We are talking about 1983's, wait a minute, 2021's? I don't know what to call this. Yeah, a little bit of a gap there. I think it uh, originally was supposed to be released in 83, but that did not happen. Well, it was filmed in 83, but it was released in 2021. Yeah, and I'm fucking glad that it was, because this is Grizzly 2 The Revenge, and it's basically Jaws 2, but barely coherent? Yeah, this is Jaws 2. I'll I'll see myself out. That's right. We're talking Grizzly 2 The Revenge. A movie that went through production uh, production hell, mm. actually. Uh, this was filmed out in Hungary. By the... one Andres 
stout, sats, stouts, 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 back. Uh, Andre something. And so on the very first day of filming, the director walked off set when he found out that they had absolutely no money to make this movie. Which They're literally always a good move by a director. A great fucking move. What a what a leader. You know, they're in Hungary filming this movie about a grizzly bear terrorizing a concert and a bunch of young people and poachers. He just completely fucks off. But luckily, we had somebody that kind of stepped up to the plate, a Chinese investor with a briefcase full of money and said, fuck that shit. Let's make this happen. So they made it happen. And of course, as legend would have it, Charlie Sheen, George Clooney, and the one and only Laura Dern are in this movie, including that guy from Lord of the Rings and one guy from Harry Potter. But you know what? Fuck all that shit, Greg. Let's just get right into our list of characters, my man. A star-studded cast indeed. But you know what? I'm just going to skip all the names that you just said because uh, we'll talk about it when we get into the plot. But seriously, that was a scam. Uh, Such a scam. We'll talk about it. We'll talk about it as we go on. So, more importantly, let's start off with a little character I like to call Grizzly Adams. Okay, who's that? He is a beard-rocking forest ranger. He's a protected father, an unlicensed forklift operator, and a completely useless protagonist. Well, I like to call this guy uh, Michael McDonald myself because I keep forgetting that we're not in love anymore. Our next character is Chrissy. Chrissy. Who is Grizzly Adams' daughter? She is an amateur performance artist and really just a character even less important than her father. Yeah, yeah, she did nothing. Just inconsequential to the whole plot. But for some reason, she's billed second after George Clooney. I don't understand it. So let's move right on to Samantha. Which one's that? She is the director of Bear Management, which I did not even know was a fucking accolade that you could hold you fucking rube of course it's a thing yeah well she does it she's an animal lover a guilt tripper an impractical hunter Mm. and a bleeding heart liberal yep this is normally when i chime in and tell you what they've done before but i don't give a fuck about any of these actors our next character is stevie wonder he is a festival coordinator a smooth operator possibly a pimp and a devoted soldier in the war on drugs. Yeah, that's right. This is Dick Anthony Williams. Uh, he played a, a cop in Edward Scissorhands. Mm-hmm. He was in The Jerk. He was in uh, uh, Blood and Bones and a bunch of other uh, who gives a fuck kind of movies. And he died back in uh, 2012 at the age of 77. Well, shit. He never really saw this movie come out then. Actually, no, that's. Very correct. A tragedy. Absolutely. Too bad. <laughs> so then we have Ms. Dragon or Raygun or Dragon or Dragoon, whatever the fuck her name is. I don't even know who you're talking about. She is a political bureaucrat of some type. She is a stiff, cold cunt. And she seems to be in control of all things social and political in Beartown. Oh, yeah. Isn't she the one that's running the park? Uh, yeah, essentially. Okay, that's fine. Well, then we have Muldoon. 
He is a legendary hunter, a badass, a man's man. He is a human giant, a possible lumberjack. He's a bear strangler and an unhinged psychopath. Greg, did you say Muldoon? Muldoon, yes. Like from Jurassic Park. Hold on, you're fucking me up here. Wait a minute. The guy who looks like fucking uh, Paul Bunyan. Hold on to your butts. Yeah, that's right. This is John Reese Davies. You may remember him as Gimli from Lord of the Rings. You or may that also... big bearded fuck from Harry Potter. That was not him at all. That guy is dead. Uh, you may also remember him in Indiana Jones as uh, Sela. He also <laughs> played King Kong in the recent Godzilla movie. I don't think that was him at all. He was the guy that fought Michael Jackson in the bad video. <laughs> that was correct. Okay. Okay. So that's all our characters. How about we get into the plot? So we open the movie with the fact that it is Gravitas Ventures. Our opener starts with stock footage of a national park with some very ominous music playing. It's beautiful. It's gorgeous. Then out of nowhere, we get a baby cub, a grizzly bear cub getting shot. <laughs> And a mama cub getting shot in the head, which I just cannot help but say that it is absolutely hilarious. And the CGI here is absolutely terrible. There's like slow motion bullets flying into stock footage of bear cubs. I had a good time watching it. So after that, we cut to the actual movie itself, which is clearly 1983, where we have George Clooney the Charlie Sheen pre-AIDS, and Laura Dern hiking through the woods, setting up a camp. They are improperly dressed, but properly horny. Holy shit, this already rules. I don't know if you knew this or not, but Charlie Sheen actually turned down the role of Daniel LaRusso in The Karate Kid to be a part of this movie because he thought it would make more money and elevate his career well that didn't really pan out because he could have been starring in cobra kai many years later yeah instead of just sitting around at home popping aids pills oh god sounds terrible i'm sure he's having a great time regardless yeah probably he's got those goddesses does he probably a bunch of cocaine oh that sounds great yeah he's doing fine yeah so they make camp in a gigantic mountainside cave. And it's obvious from here on out that there is going to be a ton of ADR in this movie. Laura Dern starts taking her clothes off. Thankfully. I was getting bored. And Charlie Sheen knows when he's a third wheel. So he goes off alone before becoming a sex wedge. And naturally, everyone gets bored! Or Baird. We should probably go with Baird for this movie, right? Baird! I just want to point out that right now, that Greg and I share the exact same brain, because in my notes, it literally says verbatim, everyone gets bored. Baird. Baird. They get Baird. Everybody 
Yeah, we're okay. going to do a lot of fucking chanting this episode. Yeah. Get used to it. This is old school DTS coming at you. That's right. We're here. We're queer. Deal with it. We're bears. We're bears. So Grizzly Adams is briefing a small security force on the upcoming music festival that they will soon be working in this small county in whatever fucking state this is. I don't know. Is this in the Pacific Northwest? I don't know. It may be Montana. It may be Nevada. It may be, I, you know, who cares? Well, it's most likely grizzly territory, so eh, maybe not Nevada. Montana, I'm guessing. Yeah. Wyoming? Oregon. Oregon. Washington. Possibly. Vancouver. Who cares? Who bears? It's full of bears. 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 Okay, so after all this concert planning bullshit, we get a guy randomly getting bored. This is a a completely random shot of an old bearded man getting field goal kicked through the forest by a grizzly bear. (laughs) It kind of reminds me of prophecy. This bear is big. This bear is pissed. Absolutely. And a poacher quickly investigates his death and finds a hat. Uh, But of course, he is quickly menaced by the bear. And he drops everything like a professional and bikes the fuck out of there. Yeah, he takes one shot at the bear, uh, which I'm guessing is just a 22 fucking rifle. Drops the gun, says, fuck this gun. I'm just going to get on the bike and ride off. His friends decide that they're going to avenge the death of their fallen comrade. And I think we can just assume that they're uh, they're going to be bared at some point in this movie. But I also love that he, when he shows up, he doesn't mention a bear at all. Nope. He mentions that the one guy's brother is dead. And then somebody speaks up and said, how big did you say this bear was? Brother literally never mentions the fact that there is a bear. The editing of this movie damn near gave me a fucking aneurysm, Greg. Great. That's going to be a theme throughout. The editing is fucking horrible. The whole film is interlaced with stock footage and ADR. This is a nightmare for whoever had to edit it. It's probably why it took 40 years to release. But, you know, honestly, it's kind of the charm of the whole picture. It literally felt like a fever dream. Yeah, it's awful. It's so... But also great! Because... Yeah! Because Grizzly Adams finds a gigantic bear track in the forest alongside a dead baby bear, which uh, we can all agree is a tragedy. Which apparently part of this plot is the fact that poachers are killing these baby bears and big bears and all bears of all sorts because the gallbladder makes you really horny. Yeah, and it also kind of proves that this whole script was just sort of a Jaws 2 ripoff. Yeah. Who writes this shit? But more importantly, Grizzly Adams resolves that he's going to kill the bear. I will kill the bear! What one man can do, another can do! And what are we gonna do, Greg? Kill the bear. Kill the bear! We're gonna kill the motherfucker. Goddamn right. But he needs more men. More men. From Madame Dragon. Which yeah, really, which... is that is that like a real name? Like that's that's like a fucking villain name in a Masters of the Universe movie or something. What in the fucking Lord of Rings Game of Thrones name is this? Lady Dragon? Like what the yeah. fuck? It's just ridiculous. This is something out of fucking Conan the Barbarian. 
And this is something out of like one of those schlocky 1980s Julia Strain all female sorcerer dinosaur movies. Ooh, that's much sexier than I anticipated. Yeah. This is the bad guy from Crawl. So Stevie Wonder is now giving Chrissy a job working for the music festival. About like, hey, baby, you know how to work a phone? And Grizzly Adams lovingly tells her that if anyone touches her, he's going to take their balls. What are you, my dad? As any father would with his precious, precious Chrissy. Of course. So Samantha passes out some very powerful bear tranquilizers to the bear patrol. Who the fuck is Samantha? She is the director of bear management. Oh, that's right. A totally legitimate job. Yes, and she is intent on keeping this bear alive no matter who else has to die. That's right. But you know what? Fuck all that shit because we should probably call in Bouchard. Nobody knows how to find this bear to trank it and or kill it, so they decide that it's time to call in a professional. Like you said, Bouchard! Bouchard? Bouchard! I just called him Muldoon. No, 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 dude. We got to call him by his proper name. His Christian name, and that is Bouchard. And I'm pretty sure that that's French-Canadian for bear strangler. Oh, man, he is more than just a bear strangler. This is Gaston. This guy lays pipe, kills bears, fucks bitches, makes jerky. Uh, He goes on riverboat gambling cruises. He does does literally, he lays sheetrock. He does everything manly. He has calluses on top of calluses, Greg. He is a barrel-chested bear crusher. Goddamn right. Regardless, Samantha is a little bit skeptical. I mean, rightfully so. So Madam Dragon tells Grizzly Adams, this bear better not fuck up her music festival. So she says, you better go kick that thing's ass or else. Which is really confusing because how big is this forest? Because I feel like Grizzly Adams is in the middle in the heart of this forest trying to find this French guy. Then all of a sudden he's like back at the main stage where this concert's going to happen. That's the thing. Apparently uh, fucking... Freaking Rochard, what is his name? Beauchard? Beauchard. Fucking uh, Muldoon. He lives in the forest, I guess. Absolutely. They, just, they go out there and they just find him. Out of all the national parks. <laughs> this one had a lumberjack living in it. <laughs> the greatest lumberjack to live. Yeah, so anyway, meanwhile, the poachers are getting fucked up in the woods because it's <laughs> obviously totally safe out there, so they're just getting shit-faced. They're getting total shit fucked. <laughs> Not only are they getting shit faced, but they're engaging in an enthusiastic round of grab ass. Yeah, that was weird. They kind of made a point of it. Hold on to your butt. Yeah, I, I, that made me feel. That made me feel weird, dude. Uh, triggered some emotions I didn't know I had in me. I've I've camped with you. Yeah, well, moving on. Ranger Rick <laughs> arrives, and he is quickly clubbed over the head with a log. And our poacher friends mercifully leave the scene rather than relive the plot of deliverance. But I would rather relive the plot of deliverance than get bored by a bear. Well, yeah, me too. Yeah. Nobody wants to get bored by a bear. No, I'd rather get buggered. Nobody wants to get 
bear. But anyway, Ranger Rick wakes up alone. Just kidding, there's a bear. A bear. Bear, 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 Everybody. Bear. Everybody. Everybody. Bear. Everybody. Bear. So he runs to a cave where he attempts to hide. But this bitch gets bared. Bared. Which is also really confusing to me, Greg. Why? Because they don't show him getting killed. It's a weird, it's that editing thing with this movie where it flashes yeah. to his face and then the bear's face they back do and that forth a lot. really fast. Yeah. It's like it's like bear human, bear, human, bear, human, bear, human, bear. Oh my god. Most of the characters that die in this bear film die off. We don't see it. Yeah. yeah, with a few exceptions, because uh, clearly those scenes weren't filmed yet. But don't worry about that, because right about now we're about to get a brief but important interlude of animal stock footage. <gasps> there are deer, there's birds, there's bears, there's, there's more bears, fucking raccoons, there's squirrels, there's fucking hawks in the sky. This is like a Planet Earth documentary, including the intense goddamn music. Oh my god, this music really, really killed the mood. Yeah, well, it intensified the mood. This went on for a very long time. This was like 25 minutes in the middle of this movie where we're just watching a nature documentary. Dude, this was literally 45 minutes of the movie. Like 55, 56 minutes, probably, right? Probably 68 minutes of the movie. 69 minutes! 69 Yay! minutes in the movie! Bear, 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 Woo! So after all this stock footage, we finally get introduced to Gaston, oh. Big Dick Bouchard. They finally meet with Bouchard in the woods, and he is looking like fucking Paul Bunyan. This is how I imagine you are on your days off. You're in the woods, you got an axe strapped to your back, you're covered in flannel, guns, your mullet is greasy, and then you start deadlifting trees. Yes, and I am just as intense and insulting as this character. Don't fucking get it twisted. That's right, baby. Yeah. So Samantha tells him that they have a giant fuck-off bear problem, which he immediately recognizes as the quote-unquote devil bear. He makes a good point to say that not just this is the devil bear but all grizzlies are the devil yeah apparently he's just he's just has something against bears he's just a bear hater yeah he just can't just the unbearable it. weight can't bear, of, can't bear it can't bear it can't, you can't bear it no was that was your was that what you were gonna say i was gonna say something unbearable but that's fine that's just as funny bear 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 but fuck that noise because we're about to what? cut back to the rehearsals for the music event. Oh, thank seems God. to focus on the bad kind of 80s music that nobody wants to hear. Oh, God. Fuck me in the ass and call me Charlie. Yeah, this is the shit that you'd hear at, like, a Save the Youth Center event. Or, I want to say, at the end of, like, a Revenge of the Nerds movie, but not in an entertaining way. This is, this is the weird electronic uh, synth 80s music that doesn't have really good melodies and it's just there's no bass 
There's no rhythm section. It's just all keyboards. So not not just that, but like the lyrics, like because it's it, they're rehearsing, right? It's not the actual concert yet. Yeah. This is literally what I would do as like a little. I'm like, I'm like seven years old, maybe six years old. I'm standing up on my bed and I lined up all the teddy bears in my room and I'm doing a concert for it, where I'm like, love uh, and hate. Something you did. Perfect. You didn't do that with it with the teddy bears and uh... yeah, I put on I would put on my boots and I I would I would like wear oh, yeah, like boots, little short okay. yeah I I put boots on and wear short shorts and like get on the bed and like I'd be shirtless and I would sing into a like a fake microphone to my you didn't, you didn't do did people not do this is this not a thing dude you never did that you never did a rock star bit in front of the teddy bears you know your entire life makes a whole lot of sense to me now well. Oh. How many teddy bears did you have? Not a lot. They all talked to me. I had names for them all. Okay. All right, so nobody cares about the fucking concert. We want to talk about Muldoon or whatever his fucking name is. Bouchard. Yeah. He's baiting a bear trap with a gigantic hunk of meat, and Samantha really doesn't seem to have a problem with that, uh, especially considering that it is a barbarically large iron jaw trap. This is the type of thing that you saw at the end of uh, one of our Ravenous. favorite movies. Ravenous, of course. Yeah, I knew you were going to fucking say that. It's, it might be my favorite movie of all time. I know it is. So he tells everyone to kill the bear. You must kill become the bear. the bear. You must live with the bear. You must lie with the bear. It's a bold strategy, Cotton. Let's see if it pays off for him. Again, this is Gimli from Lord of the Rings. Yeah. This is the guy from Sliders. The guy from Harry Potter. He didn't play Hagrid. He's the rat. Peter Peter Cruz the rat. Sure he played Hagrid. No, he did not. John Reese Davies? No, that's Gimli. Yeah, he played Hagrid. No. You sure? Positive. Didn't he just die? No, he's still alive. He was he was Gimli. He's he's in Indiana Jones. He's in Sliders. He's in an episode of Tales from the Crypt. Peter Pettigrew is in this movie. The fuck is Peter Pettigrew? He's the rat from Harry Potter. Wasn't he Hagrid? No! So poachers are setting their own traps. Oh, thank God. Yeah, but their uh, their idea is a little more um, Viet Cong. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they're digging giant spike pits that can't possibly backfire on them in the future. No, totally not going to be an issue for them. Yeah, I feel like they're going to regret that. And uh, yeah, basically they're going to get bored by their own traps. Uh-huh. Yeah, we yeah. we can see that fucking coming a mile but, away. Meanwhile, a homosexual gentleman and his beard are camping in their woodbound trailer. He's a musician or something. Who fucking cares? Uh, she's a little bit annoyed that he's just toying with her. He's a, a performer at the local concert. Are you are, are you out of your fucking mind? This is Grizzly Grizzly Adams' daughter and and the lead singer of the Pesh Mode. Now who fucking cares? It's yeah, time for the cause... festival! Yay! Welcome to the party, pal! Yay! Everyone in town is in attendance, including some soon-to-be-very-disappointed metalheads. So, yeah, they had a guy wearing a wasp t-shirt. I saw that, and there was somebody uh, wearing a Venom shirt. I saw that, too. I saw somebody wearing an Iron Maiden shirt. And I saw those fucking striped pants in Bruce Dickinson fashion. 
Yeah, I also saw a lot of Confederate flags. Mm, yeah, the Nashville pussy was in full effect. The Nashville pussy was flowing like wine. Pussy. So, of course, the menstrual Spice Girls are on first. Yeah, I was really confused by this act. Yeah, they're just blood-covered and synchronized, I guess. That's the way I would describe them. I, uh, yeah, sure. I mean, they were like uh, the Bengals meets the Spice Girls meets the Pussycat Dolls. But uh, apparently it's their moon cycle. Sure. I can smell your cunt. Goddamn right. And Mama Dragon guarantees a grand finale at the end of the show, which I think by which she means some kind of fireworks display or who fuck. But also, I'm really confused at the fact that she's hanging out with senators from D.C. Yeah, who cares? Doesn't add up to anything. It doesn't go anywhere. It just makes it weirder. Who gives a shit? So, Muldoon and friends are waiting patiently for the grizzly to step on one of their traps. And he tells tales of hunting grizzlies on horseback with lassos. And this is some really vicious imagery. He's, he's talking about I like strangling it. them. Yeah. Roping their necks, roping their legs. That's, basically that's drawing awesome. and quartering bears on horseback. Samantha clearly is not an appreciation of these stories, and he's just kind of chuckling in his head as he tells her. Oh, you know she's getting wet. And also, I love that he talks about before bears evolved that they stood up on all, they stood up on their high legs like man, and instead of claws and teeth, they hunted with clubs. Well, he also says that him and his father killed 25 grizzlies in one night, and you can kind of tell that Samantha thinks he's probably totally full of shit. But yeah. he uses this as a moment to explain to her the circle of life. And he says, hey, just because you have the delicate sensibilities of a woman, that doesn't mean that animals don't kill animals. Animals kill each other all the time, Greg. Which yeah. she retorts to with the biting phrase, well, we're not animals. Yeah, bullshit. And it turns out she's right. Yeah, okay. So now we get some more shitty Spice Girls music. It's obvious that the crowd footage here was shot in a totally different era than the rest of the performance. We go back and forth from stage shots to crowd shots to stage shots to crowd shots. And it's just, it's all edited terribly. They are just fucking trying to make this film work. They're just trying to add time to the runtime. I, uh, you know, this, 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 like, the, the, this, the, the, this, like, concert shit was actually after a Nazareth show. Oh my God! Yeah, and it's also they shot used, in what fucking Hungary? Hungary after Nazareth, where I feel like Nazareth's only song is they have two songs that like "Love Stinks" and the "Hair of yeah, a Dog." The, yeah, yeah. Now you're messing with the son of a bitch. That's a good one. It's not "Hair of the Dog." Yeah, Hair of the Dog. It's a good song. I especially enjoyed the Guns N' Roses cover. Talk about Spaghetti Incident. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's, it's, a, it, you know, it's a solid album for anyone it who is, enjoys. It is actually a really good album. For anyone who enjoys both old school punk rock and Guns N' Roses, you would uh, do yourself a favor to listen to these Spaghetti Spaghetti Incident. Yeah. Spaghetti Incident. Yeah. But don't look now because the star of the show has just uh, arrived. Uh, Oh, it's grizzly time, motherfucker! Oh, thank God, finally! Get in the ring, motherfucker! And I'll kick your grizzly little ass! Come on, Bouchard! You've been out there talking a lot of dirt on me, but Punk. you gotta step in the ring, toe-to-toe, man-to-man, fur-to-fur. Let's go, baby. My boys. Oh. 
everyone runs through the woods for way too long until Muldoon shoots this bear in a complete anticlimactic fashion. Yep. Yeah, so uh, Samantha flips the fuck out because the bear that Muldoon just shot is not the devil bear. It's just a smaller male grizzler. Yeah, but Muldoon tells them all to... Got me saying it. Muldoon tells them all to fuck off because he's going to have his way with the bear. Yeah, and I got to say, the... um. The stock footage that they show of this bear when it's supposedly supposed to be dead. It's uh, the bear taking a nap. It's definitely alive. It's like blinking yeah. its eyes. It's moving its mouth. It's fucking, it's a bear. Uh, yeah, just sleeping. The, the, it's, a, it's a bear taking a nap. It's yeah. adorable. It's so cute. Meanwhile, so, she's she's crying her eyes out about how he just killed this thing. And uh, it's just, it's living its best life. Oh, it's tired. It's literally Hank the Tank here in Lake Tahoe. He just Fucking ate a frozen pizza. Belly full of honey. <laughs> loving life. Belly full of honey. That's what they do, right? <laughs> you fucking asshole. So I'm starting to think that the director's mm. daughter is in this fucking girl band or something because now we have some more fucking performance footage. God damn it. And it's clear that both myself and the crowd are really bored with this. No, they were into it. Yeah. So we see this uh, this Spice Girls band plays another fucking song, something about coconuts or whatever. Oh, you got to take the milk from the coconut. Yeah, that's that's the, the message we're supposed to take from that. Yep. But next up is an even shittier band, and it's basically like if John Cusack's effeminate brother was the front man for the talking heads. Rock and roll! But like this, way worse yeah. than that sounds. Because that actually sounded really cool. Yeah, it could have been okay, but no, they suck. Rock and roll, baby! And then eventually we got a band that had, like, Bob Ross in it. I I don't know what's going on. Well, it's nighttime now, so of course Grizzly Adams gives his daughter permission to walk home alone through bear country. Yep. I I love this scene. This might actually be the last we see of her. His whole thing was like, I just don't want you to get hurt, baby girl. And she responds with, I'm a big girl now, daddy. And you know what that means? That means her cherry has been popped. Gross. Hang up those sheets. So it's time for more music. And this time, it's Ziggy Starpants and the Spiders from Uranus, followed by the Doug Matthews Band. But then after that, we get another band that doesn't even match the stage because they're literally playing in a fucking garage and they're clearly ska. This is anachronistic, to say the least. You have scenes of a band in a garage with the stock footage of the crowd in Hungary at a Nazareth show. But finally, we get to the good stuff, as the poachers are viciously menaced by the devil grizzly. And one by one, they get bang. One by one, we will take you. Muldoon finds their bloody dismembered corpses, some in the pit, some in the trees. It's total carnage, and it's about fucking time. The concert is wrapping up, and the fireworks finale goes off as planned. Except it's not that at all! It's a total fucking disaster! Now, I'm really confused by this. Was there an actual fireworks mishap, or did the grizzly bear sabotage the fireworks because there were people getting lit on fire left and right. It's totally unclear. It's utter chaos. Meanwhile, Depeche Mode is playing on stage. 
and you have senators looking on to the distance and behind the stage, everybody is getting bared. Everybody is getting bored by fireworks. I don't know what the fuck is going on. Eventually Bouchard, our, our hero, our Gaston, our French God ends up turning into Nightwolf. Everything starts on fire, including several people. A Jeep flips over somehow, and the titular Grizzly is pissed. And He's so pissed. Mind, my friend, how about I just take it away? Oh, my God. I want nothing more. Please take us away. Muldoon dons his bear-killing war paint as the crowd panics around him. Stevie Wonder abandons ship while a drug addict plays around with the spotlights. The hunter becomes the hunted as Muldoon and the devil bear dance their dance of death through the fire and flames. Our heroes watch on as Muldoon boldly exchanges his rifle for a hatchet. And Grizzly Adams steps in to bail his ass out with a forklift. This turns out to be a foolish plan. And he is quickly toppled by the bear. But Muldoon is not one to waste a bear opportunity and deftly throws a noose around his neck, climbing it like an ursine Matterhorn, with the intention to stab its vicious heart. He is dispatched with a swing of the paw and impaled on a broken pipe. But the bear ultimately meets its furry fate when a lighting rig crashes down upon it. Miss Dragoon watches on, pleased that her concert was a success. Samantha cries for the bear, but probably gets over it with relative ease. Everyone gets laid, and it's... The... Oh, Greg, that was great. Okay. Holy fuck, this movie! What a good bear movie! Oh my god, it was a it was a very good bear movie. Right. Holy shit, this movie was an absolute mess. I don't even know what to say, dude. I felt like I was watching a fucking fever dream. The yep. end of this movie was a nightmare. It had a I, troubled production, I think. Uh, troubled production is an understatement. Now, The Mad God came out recently, and that took over 30 years to make. This movie took almost 40 years to make. Mad God rules. This movie is uh, seizure-inducing. Uh, pathetic, I think. is the and, and, uh, Yeah, that may be the word we're looking for there. Uh Seizure-inducing. Fucking... If you put 30 years into anything, it better not suck. 40 the movie started to be the filming started in 83 39 fucking years it's as old as me and just like me it's a worn out piece of shit this movie gets i I didn't want to be the one to say it yeah right this movie gets one out of five stars for me it has minimal gore this movie has no tits it is so hard to follow there's a combination of film footage that looks like it was shot on an iPhone 6 yeah. and then also shot on uh, 8mm. It's very confusing. It's hard to follow. It's choppy. It's a goddamn mess. The editing was a nightmare. I feel like the editor probably put a bullet through his fucking brain uh, after uh, his wife left him, spending countless hours trying to fix this atrocity. Oh, God, Greg, what a fucking nightmare. Greg, what you say you? Okay, good. I I, yeah, I kind of agree with that. Yeah. Like I said before, if anything takes you 40 fucking years, it better be pretty goddamn good. It, and, it, uh, seriously, it better be the, like, I'm talking like as good as The Godfather 3. Uh, that was, yeah, okay. I mean, I understand sometimes these things take time. But sure. this uh, wasn't even edited together well. 
I mean, the stock footage was so glaring. It stood out so much. And really, it was probably my favorite part of the whole picture was like the nature documentary that was woven in among uh, the rest of the plot. Because really, not a whole lot of plot to speak of. No. Um, our star power was exhausted within the first five minutes. But I kind of like that because this wasn't the kind of movie that you really want big names in. Aside from uh, John Reese Davies, who I'm still fucking convinced played Hagrid in the Harry Potter series. He did not play. I don't care he what is you alive. Say. No, no, he's alive. God damn it! I'm pretty sure. I've, I, you know, I've never been wrong about these things in the past. <laughs> Special effects were amazing. They were perfect. The guy in the bear suit was convincing. The whole plot line of the concert. I would have loved to see a 19 foot grizzly rampaging through a crowd of Hungarians. That's what I thought was going to happen. I assume that that's what they were leading up to. They completely cock blocked us on that huge letdown. Overall, not a great movie considering nope. the, uh, the production schedule, which was generous. So, um, you know, got to hit it with a, with a tough five out of five. Oh, there you have it. Yeah. Another thing too, dude. I found out that like the hung Hungary Hungary government seized all of their equipment when they were done filming because they owed them money. Oh, you know what? That's the problem. That's the whole problem. That's why it yeah. sucked. Yeah, money was a very big big issue while filming this movie. But you think after forty years that they would have? I don't know. Fixed that. Done something about it. You know what, I'm going to change my score. Since they got fucked by the Hungarian government, since they got totally boned yeah. uh, by permits and licensing and all that kind of shit, yeah. right, let me let me change that to a 5 out of 5. Oh, yeah. That's okay. fair. That's fair. That's all fair. right, my man. So with that said, how about a little bit of a preview for next time? What are you thinking? Oh, man, I'm thinking bears, but I think we go bears, uh, probably, genetically. Probably bears. Yeah, mostly probably bears. bears. Yeah, yeah genetically bears. modified bears, right? Okay, yeah, like like nuclear uh, nuclear holocaust bears. Not so much man bear pig, but something along those lines. Yeah, so like uh, big mutated bears, menacing campers and such. Oh, that's what they do, man. And also, dude, I just want to give a shout out to the BICBP network. Go check out all the shows on the network that we're on. A lot of good shows on there. Yep. Like them, follow them, enjoy them. It's a real good time. Both the B stand for bears. Yes, they do. Wait, what? <laughs> so could we finally get uh, like Leonardo DiCaprio in here? Or uh, are we going to maybe next time, uh, you know, to the uh, Pacific Northwest with the adventure? Well, I said it the other episode. I'm going to say it again. I think we should get Anthony Hopkins in here. Okay, let's do that. A little Alec Baldwin. And also John Candy. Ooh, fair crossover. I like the sound of that. Oh man, that sounds unbearable to me. Son of a bitch. Why don't you just fucking love each other? Why do you care for one another? But most importantly, keep it spooky! Damn, that's scary. Dropped a refrigerator on him. Bear. Everybody! Bear. Everybody! Bear. Everybody! Big dick butterball, baby! So imagine you're in a twin bed, and it's up against the wall. And you had all your bears from, like, your headboard down to your feet. 
and then the other side you lay them down next to the bed can't relate to that how many fucking bears did you have? uh that was like uh six on each side so like 12 13 i don't know and i i would do concerts for them i feel like you're fucking with me bear 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 bear